To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. So researchers in the Dunedin study say we need to take into account the childhoods of those who are opposed to the vaccine. So this world-famous study that's been operating for 50 years now found that 13% of their group were resistant to the co-vaccination. And when they dug down deeper, the researchers found that many became distrustful of adults at an early age and now believe authority is only there to take advantage of them and therefore they're resistant to COVID vaccination. So joining me now uh, from the Dunedin study, the director, uh, Professor Richie Poulton. Welcome to the show, Richie. Kia ora, Andrew. Good to be here. How did you figure all this out? Well, a lot of the work that's come out of the study over the last 50 years has pointed to one sort of basic um, truth, and that's that childhood events um, really do have a long reach into people's adulthoods. Uh, and so when this issue came up about why do some people um, resist getting vaccinated, um, we observed that a lot of the uh, reasons, speculations as to why that was related to um, current um, thinking or contemporary events circumstances and we thought huh I bet you that's not true once we look back at people's history so we did a quick snap survey of our group of a thousand uh, 90% of them said sure I'll, I'll help you out completed the survey and then we interrogated our very rich um, archive about their attitudes and behaviors and personality types and um, exposure to adverse childhood events and so forth we found quite systematic and predictable differences across a whole range of um, variables um, related to early adversity mm. and the likelihood of becoming quite resistant to getting a vaccination. Um, and as you nicely described in the intro, um, at, we surmise that that's basically a result of learning very early on that you can't trust the, the adults in your life um, and that evolves to include institutions um, and that really when the proverbial hits the fan, you can only rely upon you yourself yeah. um, to get through. And so I hope this leads to um, less belittling and, and scornful attitudes towards people that resist vaccination. They have a life story, as we all do, and their story is maybe a bit more challenging than many. And uh, instead of being judgmental um, immediately, try to understand them from their perspective um, and uh, try and uh, talk to them acknowledging that they probably in their own mind have quite rational reasons um, for their stance. Well, a lot of us have said they've fallen down the rabbit hole, but the fact of the matter is their entire upbringing meant that they were there and available and uh, to fall down that rabbit hole in the very first place. And, and you, you know, yeah? You're right. They were ankle tapped very early on, uh, and that was no fault of their own often. Um, and, you know, there but for the grace of God, we all go. You know, had we had those experiences, we may end up pretty sceptical about, you know, authorities dictating terms. Mm. So I guess this is all aimed at not um, um, uh, judging any particular group, but rather understanding the basic underlying mechanisms of why people end up behaving um, the way they do and why they have the attitudes that they do. Is it possible, though, to take it further and to say we have this 13% of the group who are vaccine hesitant, but let's redefine them as being distrustful of authority uh, how do you believe we best help those people gain some trust and authority back? 
Okay, so if you take the you know the principal issue of how do you get the vaccine out to people, you don't do it by central government or ministry. You actually empower the local communities in which these people live to um, engage in that corridor and say, look, we know you, you know us. Um, that's starting the conversation that can be quite sensitive in a higher trust context than something that comes as a missive from on high. Uh, that's a practical, immediate um, approach well, in the, in the here and now. Richie, that's, um, a very, that's a very similar comment as to what uh, Maori health providers actually said right from the beginning, saying we know our people, they trust us, they trust us more than they trust central government, give us the job of doing it and we'd do it. Yes, and I recall that was quite controversial at the time, and it took a long time for it actually to uh, be accepted. But my goodness, once it was, you saw the vaccine rates um, go through the roof. And so that was proof positive of that idea. Um, and that's why New Zealand actually has a very high overall vaccination rate, is because there was that devolution um, to various groups, be they Māori or Pacifica or um, those um, supporting people with mental health um, challenges. And so clearly there's, there's a strategy that involves um, catering to different groups' needs or tastes, not a one-size-fits-all, which is sort of how things started out. What an amazing piece of science that you have done. Um, and by the way, the Dunedin study uh, turned 50 yesterday. Uh, yes. And this study has become so integral to so much research and you've got 94% of all the living members still participating. And so i just like to congratulate all those members for giving us such an insight into all New Zealanders and, and humans, and yourself, Richie, for all the work that you've done with it so far. Well done, mate. Thanks, mate. And, that, and credit to the study members. They're the real heroes of all this. Um, and so thank you for saying that. Appreciate it, Andrew.